Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Thank you for the grace you keep giving us. We thank you because it is you and you alone. Who is like unto you, O Lord, who is like unto you, above all that gods, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises. You are forever doing wonders and we are grateful. We are grateful. Lord, also let your name be glorified in the name of Jesus. Thank you, faithful Father. In Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Um, God has spoken to us that we should talk about marriage. No, we should pray for marriages. And one thing he has also said to me constantly is that and which I will be taking us through certain things, is that the issues around marriage is beyond, it's, it's not only, okay, let me put it this way. The Bible says that, call unto me and I'll answer you and I'll show you. People expect that when God wants, when you pray to God about something, he's going to come down and do it. Most of the time, he gives you an instruction or an idea for you to implement. Does that make sense? So as we begin to look at some of these things, and I know that I made a couple of statements last week. I, I'm grateful to God that you know, I got quite some feedbacks. And we will start from where we stopped last week. So our title is Growing in Marriage. Growing in Marriage. I would read Matthew chapter 19. Oh, what's a good start. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to the first slide. Hallelujah. No, don't, don't worry. Hallelujah. Now, before we go ahead, I would, first of all, let's start, I will start from, um, from Malachi. Where Jesus, where, where the Bible says that, he said, this, he was talking to priests. People who were serving God. With all their might. And God said, yet, you say, for what reason? Okay, because if you read that, God was rejecting their offering. He said, and the Bible says, because, I, because the Lord has been a witness between you and the wife of your youth. With whom you have debt treasuresly. Yet, she is your companion. I'm not going to go much into that. What is God saying? Your view about her, what you're thinking is, is different from my own observation of what you think she is. He said, he said you deal with her treacherously. As if, you know, he, he said, but she is your companion and the wife by covenant. Maybe the last, the last Sunday that God gives us the grace, I, I spoke about it couple of months or last year about difference between covenant marriage and contract marriage. Most Christians are practicing contract marriage. Not covenant marriage. And I went into details to explain what the Bible means by covenant marriage. So, the, but the Bible says, you know, I think I, I, I just gave an idea about something. 
you know, when you are going to contract, if you do this, I will do that. Does that sound to anybody like us? It is until you do this. When you get into contracts, there is terms and um, conditions. If you don't meet the expect, when you want to apply for a job, there is a salary you're expecting. When you get there, when they begin to tell you that uh, we are sorry, uh, we cannot use, excuse me, that was not the contract you signed to me. So, so someone who's coming to a mind of contract of 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 a contract is coming in with an expectation of you know this is what. See. This is my expectation, this is my expectation, and it doesn't meet it. Then you begin to say, you know what, maybe I might as well check out. Because it was a contract. We, we, you may call it covenant, but within your mind, your, the way your understanding is, is being applied, forget about it in your mind, with the way you are acting, you are acting as if you are in a contract rather than a covenant. So we would, we would talk about that Later on. Now, it says, it says, uh, next verse, it said, but it did not, but did he not make them one? Having a remnant of the Spirit by one. God is seeking godly offspring. Therefore, take heed of your spirits and, and let no one deal treacherously with the wife, with the wife of his youth. Do I have? With the wife of his youth. Amen. Hallelujah. God help us in Jesus' name. As I begin to talk to you, this man, his name is John Jotan. He's a professor. He's a Jew. He has studied married extensively for 40 years. He has now got to the point, his accreditation, if you sit before him and he talks with you and your partner, he will tell you if your mind will survive or not. He, he has, and this is not, these are proven tests. He can, he will tell you by this stage, this marriage will break. And he has 85% accuracy. He is not a middle but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking, see, because there are things that, see, you might. I would share a, a couple of, a couple of things with me. Because, see, as you grow along, especially also as the word of God begins to give you indications. I can remember that is a couple was talking to me at a time, and I took my a little bit of time to observe them. And we're talking. And afterwards, I said to someone, I said, they will have this problem and this problem, this problem. If I one of the things I said to them was I said to that person, I said, they will have sexual problems. People thought I was prophesying. It wasn't prophecy. 
<laughs> I did not ask them about what they were doing in their bedroom. They didn't marry for long until the story began to fly through their room. Because there are indications. I don't need to. See, I was saying to someone, see, I don't need to. I can keep quiet and be looking at you. But I don't need to say because, and I will show you as we go, there are clear indications that as you grow, even as God is leading you to lead people, you would know when you see them. That is what has got this man to this point where they can say, by, by this year, this marriage will, will, will break. Or when they take this turn, they will break. People will go, you know. And he, what in, I'm not saying that he, say, he, he would normally say, if you don't take this turn, if you don't do this, if you don't do that. There, there, there was a couple then, many, many years ago, I, I was dealing with. And I was saying to them, this can work. And at a point in time, I said to them, if you don't take this turn, your marriage will break. Ah, no, 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 no. And they began to, we will talk about that. They began to walk by faith. The marriage broke. Because they did not take heed to what they were supposed to take heed to. You know, when, when someone says, ah, their marriage is wonderful, I just smiled. I said, no problems. I'm happy for them. A couple of years later, the marriage broke. And I went back to it and I said, I told you, these are the indications that I saw. But you think everything is spiritual. May God grant us grace in Jesus' name. Now let us see what Jesus is talking about, about marriage, when they asked Jesus about divorce. Matthew chapter 19. And Jesus said to them, Moses provide, uh, provided for divorce as an I'm sorry, as a concession of the hardness of your heart. There's a lot to talk in here. But he says, but it is part of God, it is, it is not part of God's original plan. Holding you, I am holding you to the original plan and holding you liable for the adoption, for, for liable for adultery if you divorce your, 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 your faithful wife. And things like that. Let me just, go, let's go on to verse, um, okay, yeah. I love this one. Now, the Bible says that after Jesus spoke to them, the disciples of Jesus said, if this is the terms of marriage, then we are stuck. What did Jesus now say? Jesus did not say, don't worry. Just pray through it. Jesus said, this is what you need to know. Marriage is not, marriage is not for, not everyone is matured enough to live a married life. There is no part in the scripture where Jesus said you must marry. There are philosophies of men. And there is the standards of the scriptures. So Jesus said, not everyone is matured enough to live a married life. And he said, it requires a certain aptitude and grace. Marriage is not for everyone. That's what Jesus is saying. This is Jesus talking. Marriage is not for everyone. Some 
from birth seemingly never give marriage a thought. Others never get hacked or accepted. And some decide not to get married for reasons. Please, where in this scripture did you see Jesus say it is by age? May God grant us grace in Jesus' name. He said, but if you are capable of growing into the largeness of marriage, do it. If you are capable of growing, that means that if you are not ready to grow or you are not ready to develop yourself, Jesus is saying, forget about marriage. So, we have, and I would, those are the things that I will be looking at as we go along. First, word, first thing I would talk about is maturity. See, he said, if you are not mature enough, does this not contradict to you? Maturity and you have to keep growing. So, what he's saying here is not that you have grown. It's that you are willing. A mature person is willing to grow. That's what he's saying. A mature person is willing to learn. May God help us in Jesus' name. This is standard of scriptures. That's why you see Paul also talk to people. Marriage is not by force. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Let's move on, please. Now, in the scripture, the first step of maturity is what is called winning. When you win a child, of breast milk. Because that child is not useful for anything with God. Except he is weaned. So you see when Samuel was, was, was born, his mother had to wean him first before they could use him. Jesus himself had to be weaned first. What does weaning mean? He's being detached from from something to be able to stand on your own. And that leads me to the popular scriptures that we would read. He said, and Adam says, this is the bone of my bone and the flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. Please notice. Adam pointed bone first before he spoke about flesh. Bone are the things that you do not see. The flesh is what is visible to you. But most of the time, people make decisions on what they see. And the Bible says, Therefore, shall a man leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. I read... I read that um, I read that scripture and I was like he <laughs> ah. said a man would leave it is the job of a man to click but what we do, uh, God help us in Jesus name let's just talk about let's 
Just read that first point. Hallelujah. You know, you read some of these scriptures, you go, am I seeing this thing? Yet it is. That's what is written in the Bible. But let's put it this way. Now, he said, a man, therefore a man shall leave his mother and father and be joined to his wife. And they shall become one flesh. And they were naked and without being ashamed. When I ask, when we speak about leaving your father and mother, people think. Please, can I first of all say, God did not say, a man shall leave God and go and cling. He's saying there is a part of you that is not fully God that needs to move. So a man and a woman, they will have to leave. Who is your father and mother? What is the responsibility of parents? Please, for those who, first of all, can I tell you something? That when, what, I will tell you what the Bible, what Jesus God is not saying here. When God will introduce himself to Adam and Eve, sorry, to um, Jacob and people of, he will introduce them through their father's lineage. God is not talking here, abandoned family. That is not scriptures. But that's what we've read into it. Now, what is your father? What is, what, who is your father and mother? Those are the people that gave birth to you. Do we get it to that point? Now, when you are talking, when the Bible is talking about a man, what is the Bible referring to as a man? A man by scriptural standards, First Thessalonians, it says that now by the mess, by the, the peace of God be upon and sanctify you completely, that's a complete man, and make you whole in spirit, soul, and body. So, when you say your father and mother, those are people or events that have given birth to who you are in body, in soul, and in spirit. You can, you can be Leave your father and mother and still keep the mentality you have not left. You change location does not mean that you have left. Ideologies of life that have given birth to you mentally does not mean that you have left. So when he said a man shall leave, he's not physically carrying your bag alone and leaving your house. You can carry your bag but still leave, carry the mentality along with you as you go. Because if the man is not ready to, or the woman is not ready to leave, they cannot be joined. That is why it started up by leaving before you are joined. So when the Bible is saying, for this reason shall a man leave, it's not talking about only carrying your bag and leaving your family. You have left, but the character is still with you. You have not left. You have just stayed the location. 
I was dealing with someone and okay, yeah, let, I was dealing with a couple. They were having serious issues. And I was telling the wife then, I said, don't worry, this marriage will survive. This, this will be guy, he's, he's okay. He said, oh, no, he's not. He, I said, well, glory to God. About many years later, and I said, can you remember I used to tell you that this guy is going to cheat? He said, ah. He said, he said, ah. He said, he said, he said, he said, then he did, he did look at it. He said, because there are indicators that you will see. He might be a madman today, don't worry. What am I trying to say is that there were some things that he was exhibiting. And when we eventually were having the conversation to talk, it was things that he had seen that has changed his thinking when he was in his house with his family. And he took that character and brought it to the marriage. So he had left physically, but mentally he's still there. There is, I, I was, you know, I get calls from people from outside this church. There, there are times where you see a guy harassing his wife. She shut up when I'm talking. And things like things like that. And the woman was shouting, this guy is too rude. He's too back. He's too working on things like that. But one day I was talking, and that's one thing when you're doing you, you, you don't listen to what people are telling you. You take note of what we are telling you. You are listening for what they are not saying. That is where you pick your points up. Because when I call you now, you will tell me what you think you, I want to hear. So when I was talking to this woman, we were having a conversation. It was just saying, ah, you know, um, there was a time that my, my mother harassed my father. And kind of this, 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 this. this. I, knew, I saw, I, it was talking about something so totally different. I said within my mind, I just took my note and noted it down. That is the root of it. That is why he has grown to say, to begin to think that, you know, you cannot, he may not be physically saying it, but in his mind, that's what we are, that's why the mind is important. In his subconscious, if you talk to him, this way, he gives you five, because in his mind, you will not control him. That's what he's saying. He has physically left their house. But the impact of this upbringing is coming to him. So what I'm trying to say is that there are things when the Bible is clearly saying, leave your father and mother's house. There are things that see, I see. I, I have a friend whose mom married and she had a lot of issues in her marriage and she used to say to me then I want to be rich I want to work hard I want to be dependent that is great but the problem for many years she couldn't get a stable marriage stable marriage the problem was she saw wealth as a defense to her. Wealth is not the problem, but 
Why? Because she saw her mom chased out and she was living under the bridge with them. Say, you know, never would this ever happen to my family. So, as good as that may be, she now took that attitude. So, when there's a conversation, rather than saying, let us talk about it, don't worry, I don't need you, I'll pay for it. She had carried a baggage from her house. She left, but she didn't leave. Let me come to a point. Please, what, what did, um, let's go to the next slide. Please. Now, this is a human being, body, soul, and spirit. Can I ask you a question? In Genesis that we read, what did the Bible say? For this reason, shall a man leave his mother and father and become what? One flesh. It did not say one spirit. You cannot be one. One spirit, because each individual has to stand before God. So that means that the connection in your marriage is on this aspect. I am not ignoring this aspect. I will get back to it. But that means you cannot kabosh your way in your house and expect things to move forward. Because this is the two that connects in your marriage. Praying from morning till night and not working on these two will only give you revelations of what God expects, but you never see it in your house. That is why you can see spiritual giants yet have a broken home. Because what people do not understand is that the scripture never said that your spirit will become one. He said your flesh. Before you think about Adam, no. When God said that, it was before the fall of Adam. So Adam was a spirit man. But yet when God was going to speak to him, he said, this is the reason why they shall come together and they shall become one flesh. I love um, um, uh, this lady. She was saying that her and her husband, you know, they were um, uh, John, John and Lisa Bever. He said they were, they, you know, they are very, they, their ministries were growing. He said in their house, the wife was, the husband, when the child gets to a point, the husband will say, the Bible says that it is better to live on the roof than to live with a, um, uh, what, what is the scriptures? Uh, with a um, ah, nagging wife. God bless you, man. And the wife said, go and live in that room. Fulfill scriptures. I am nagging wife. You go and live in the room. Then when the wife is going to start, Malachi chapter 2 says, God is seeing you the way you are dealing with the wife of your youth treacherously. 
And they begin to, scriptures. Everybody begins to throw scriptures against another. <laughs> but when scriptures is not hitting one another, you now begin to use hand to help God and deliver his message. What were they doing? They were, he, he, this is where the charge was coming from. It wasn't going through here at all. And they were, they were in leadership in ministry. Yet, their house was war. When Lisa and John, when they said, when, when we pray for people, you know, people go, wow, power is flowing. They don't know that power is, <laughs> is overcharging in their house. Why? Because God never said to you, you will be one in spirit. Why? Because no matter how in love you are, you are here with your husband, when you die and leave, you will stand before God alone. So, as we begin to look at these two and understand what the scriptures is saying about marriage, then we can begin to know where to grow as a person. Hallelujah. Let's go to the next slide. That's why Jesus, Jesus clearly differentiated it. Jesus said, what is born of the flesh is flesh. What is born of the spirit is spirit. It never said they are all one. So if you were going to look at it in a graphic point, your flesh is what you can see. This is your soul and that is your spirit. I can slap your face. That is your flesh. I can talk at you that your soul will feel down. But it's difficult for me to reach your spirit man. And so when God is saying you shall become one, he didn't say this one. It means this two. Become one. And so, because this is the path that God connects with, then it begins to flow through here into this place. That is why, although God is saying that this place, because this place is not for your, couple, it's not for your husband or wife, it is for him. That is where he connects to, to be able to feed those two aspects. And we'll get there when we, you know, because the place of your mind is important. You know, James, I don't know if you, if you watch LBC, if you, so if you listen to LBC, there's a guy called James O'Brien. James O'Brien will always say that there is no point having a mind if you will not change it. <laughs> if you are not ready to change your mind, there is no point having one. That's why the scripture says, the, 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 uh, let's just go, uh, sorry, okay, let's, uh, don't worry, just leave it, amen. The Bible says that, he said, therefore, he said, he said, he said present yourself a, a living sacrifice, and he talks about renewing your mind. 
Now, the question is, therefore shall a man and a woman leave? Can I ask you a question? How are you living? Living. I'm not saying, how are you living? Because, see, when you get married and they stand before altar, it is like, it is like you went to, you are coming to UK. So you go to Maritala and you are entering plane and your wife, your parents are saying, bye-bye. That does not mean you are in UK. That just means <laughs> you are in the plane. Where people say that we, we join you as husband and wife, what you are saying that you have a certificate, like a visa, that will give you access into UK. But the problem is that if you get to UK, nobody tells that you have to stand at the border and they will re-interview you again to find out that if you are qualified to stay or not. So, if you, kind of, if you go to, see, if you are living, nobody told, well, you know, you get there and they will start to interrogate you. So, also is marriage. After you leave, you do the fun fair. Then when you get to the bus stop, Gongo, they will still ask you, um, how exactly did you leave? So the question is, even those that are yet to get married, how are you living? Living is a continuous part of your marriage until the day you die. Let's say that this guy left his country in winter and he ended up in shorts. He will begin to complain, but the problem is that the way he left was wrong. How are you living? Let me just bring a bit of practicalities to this. When you are dating, you have not had time to exercise your emotions. What I mean, exercise your emotions is that you have a conversation that you don't, both don't agree, and you have found a way to resolve it. You have never done that once in your relationship. Everybody's saying, putting on good boy, good girl. You now come into marriage. You now begin to discover that, ah, because you have never resolved anything before. You've never had to have a serious conversation. It has always been based on cloud nine. Somebody would say, Oh, we, we met. W what film do you like? James Bond. Mm. Ah, I should love James Bond. What, what a coincidence. <laughs> oh, ah, we are compatible. <laughs> that is all analysis. You see, when, when I'm speaking to him, I just feel that connection. 
on that basis. That is how, that is all you're living. You now get into the place. They now begin to ask you, uh, excuse me, where are you going to live? What are you here to do? You be like, I know, but they told me to go at British Embassy. They gave me visa. They said it's okay. Uh, yes, that is British Embassy. You are now living in reality. You have not had the opportunity to develop about, even talk about difficult conversations, i.e. finance. So you're not getting to marry it. You cannot be spending like this. Eh? <laughs> See, one of the lightning rod in marriage is finance. Why am I not teaching about finance? Because your money takes a shape of who you are. One of the, see, all these extra things that people say, no, talk about it, talk about that. See, once you can get the right person in the right frame of mind, can I say something? I was saying to someone, I said, one of the challenges we have about talking about finance is this. You don't talk about, we don't have conversation on how our finances is going. You know, ah, I bought this today and things like that. We talk freely, even when there is no pressure. But people won't talk about finance. The only time they talk about finance is when there is pressure. When they, they scan card and they say, back down. <laughs> they say, okay, come, come and show me. Come and show me how you spend money. We want to see how you spend money. They did talk about it over when the money was going down bit by bit. Nobody talked about it. Everybody was in the grace of God land. When issues now start, when the issue now has got to the peak. Why? Because they've not learned how to talk about finance in their marriage. There are some couples that finance is a no-go area. You, don't, you dare not talk about finance. Why? Because they have not learned how to talk about it. They've not learned how to talk about it at all. All they've done is, you know, we... we, we and one of the ways to talk about it is to have little, little, little conversations as you are going along. So that by the time the big one comes, you are not sitting down to have that conversation. I know we have weaknesses in every marriage. <laughs> Those who are not married, God bless you. Because <laughs> that is where conversation with... with <laughs> Because at times, and this is where, when, at times, when finances is a form of protection to you, when somebody touches it, they've touched you. Does that make sense? I'll give advice for our uh, yet-to-marry women. It is important. It is good. Can I tell you one thing? And I could show you scripturally. A man naturally has ego. 
or they want to protect. But the problem is, the ego you massage is what they rely on. So if you are always talking about your boyfriend, how much he has in the bank, that guy, oh, I just love you. So when I see that car come through, that, 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 this, that, that. The day anything happens to his finance, no matter what you're saying to him, it makes no sense because you have given him a, an interpretation of the way you perceive him is to his finance. Then things begin to escalate because you have made him feel that, you know, the only reason why I, I honor you as a person is, ah, when I see, see, you know, when I say, where, where is your boy? Where is the guy working? I say, oh, he's working at uh, Price Waters and things like that. He's a partner. The day you stop partnering, <laughs> they'll be like, ah, I don't know. Why is this so? Because you are fed that ego from the onset. You fed that ego from the onset. I'm not saying don't look for men that have jobs. It's important that, you know, at least they can take care of themselves. You, you, you get what I'm trying to say? But that we say that, you know, if somebody has money and doesn't give, at least it is one minus one out of your problem. So, <laughs> yes, that's what I'm trying to say. God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. So, we, we are talking about how, because you can't until, can I have this slide before? It's, oh, this is song. Amen. <laughs> Genesis. Yeah, just leave it at that. Now, if they don't leave, they cannot be joined. If you don't leave a mentality, you can, you can be in the same house. You are not joined on anything. Because for them to join, they must leave. If they don't leave, they cannot join. That is scriptures. Prayer does not join people. They have to leave their thinking on something to move closer and get joined. Somebody was saying, I know the Bible says that. You know, see, when, you, when God begins to open up scriptures for you, the Bible said, my, the marriage must be honorable. And some people, their marriages are not honorable. They are not placing their marriage in the place of honor. Some people are placing their courtship in the place of honor when they are in marriage. How? I spend, I cook for you when you are courting. But afterwards, in marriage, I divorce. Which one are you placing in, 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 in the place of honor? More? See, there are things people say, ah, no, I don't know why. See, you're, I know those things, we do it when we are, the Bible says. Okay, can I, can I just, I'm, 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 I need to just pull all this together. The Bible says that, and when I read it, he spoke to me. The Bible says that when Isaac was old and his wife, she Isaac, when the Bible says that the king saw them and when he lied about his wife, and the Bible says the king saw them and he said, How? And he saw and he said, Ah, 
These people are married. Can I ask you a question? What is a old man and a old woman doing that a king can see and say, you, can, you can't say that you're not married? Do you think that it is, you know, they stand at one junction, they don't stand at one junction? Is that how what the kings are? See, at times, the point is that people just read scriptures. They cannot read and, and go through, read into the scriptures. See what God is saying. So when you place your courtship, your courtship is more exciting. Or you have committed a lot during courtship. When marriage now falls into place, I'm not saying that there are definitely challenges of children and all those kind of things, which is understandable. But the things that you do in courtship, you have stopped doing them because you are married. The question is yours. Which one is more honorable? Your courtship or your marriage? Which one are you placing in more honor? And you see if you are obeying scriptures or not. Does that make sense? God help us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.